I'm Dave Cordner, and this is Introduction to Five Star Fundamentals, How to Build a Thriving Service Accommodation Business that Your Guests Will Love. So in part one, we talked about the importance of having an amazing property. In part two, we talked about the importance of delivering great customer service for your guests. Part three was about how to get more bookings. Part four was about the need to systemize your business. And part five is probably the most important, one of the most important anyway, it's how to protect your property. So let's be frank. Service accommodation can be like the Wild West. You cannot go into this naively. Um, there are a lot of people out there who use service accommodation properties as a base to do some pretty nasty things or unpleasant things. Um, so prostitutes travel around cities getting set up in service accommodation for a few weeks before moving on. People book service accommodation for mad parties and can cause damage and noise disruption. And you can also be stung by seemingly genuine bookings and guests booking your property using stolen credit cards, which results in chargebacks once they leave. It really is a big bad world out there, and you need to be streetwise to protect your property and your business. And vetting guests is a really important way that you can do that. So on Airbnb, you can protect yourself by turning off instant booking. You can decline inquiries if you don't get a good feeling from it. And you can also reject bookings or not allow bookings to come through from guests that don't have any previous reviews. Um, but on other booking sites, Bookings just come in and you have to deal with it. And this is the thing that scares people about sites like Booking.com and Expedia. Um, it can be daunting, but there are some tips and, and tricks and techniques to weed out the bad guests. So one of these is to set a minimum check-in age. Um, now, it could be that young, you could argue that younger people are more likely to have a party in your property and not respect it. And not all, though. And obviously older people can have parties in your property too. It's a bit of a blunt tool, but it is an effective tool in weeding out um, quite a lot of issues that can come from young people who maybe just don't have a respect for other people's properties. When a booking comes in, investigating the purpose of the trip is another good method of finding out more information about who's coming and why. If the guests say it's a stag or a hen party, then you have to make a decision on whether you want to let them stay. Um, you can, If you get a bit suspicious about um, a booking that comes in that you think may be a prostitute, because it, it's maybe one or two women and they're staying for a week or longer, you can Google their phone number that comes through on the booking, and often that will come up on on an escort site, um, and that's a really clear indication, and you can make a decision there about whether you want to let them in or not. Um, house rules are really useful for outlining to guests exactly what is and isn't acceptable in your property, so the guests know exactly where they stand. But the key here is to make sure, once you send the rules to guests, you get them to read and reply in writing that they read, have read and accept them um, because that's really when you can, you can then use those rules um, if they're broken because what you don't want is to send the rules in an, in an attachment and when something goes wrong, the guests say, oh, I never read them. So you have to make sure that they read them and respond that they've read them. Security deposits is another blunt instrument, but again, it's effective to some degree. Um, it's a way of ensuring at the very least, that the guests will read the house rules because you can put in those house rules about any charges, for example, for damage, lost keys, unauthorised late checkouts. Um, when you're getting a security deposit, another good tip is to ensure that they either do a bank transfer to you or PayPal it to you. Try not to charge it to their card because they can then do a charge back and say they don't know what this transaction was for. And even if you've charged it and retained it, their bank can just take it off you if the guest says you took it and you shouldn't have. Um, another way to, to stop party bookings is to, is to amend your length of stays. 
So one and two nights days in particular at the weekend are a breeding ground for parties. You know, one night, Friday night booking, one night, Saturday night booking, chances are that's going to be a party. If you increase your minimum stay at the weekend to three nights, the chances of a party happening are reduced. It's not going to cut it all together, but it will be reduced. Um, and as well as that, you're getting a three-night booking and not a one-night, so it's going to be more profitable because there's less changeovers. Um, and it's one set of guests. If you get a one-night Friday, one Friday night, one-night Saturday night, that's potentially two parties you're looking at, two types of guests, two times the neighbours have been annoyed, and two security deposits you're going to have to try and fight to get. Um, so increasing the length of stay, the minimum stay, is a really good way to vet and weed out these bad guests. So there are loads of other ways. These are just a few. This is an introduction. Um, but it really is important to put as much in place as you can to protect your property to stop bad guests staying. Because if they do, you're going to annoy potentially your neighbours and they'll hate it and it can make your business a nightmare and damage your reputation as well. Um, I hope you find this content useful. If you have, please hit the follow button so you don't miss the rest. I'm Dave Cordner and this has been and service accommodation, five-star fundamentals. Thank you.